Hey everyone, we'll get to today's episode with Christina Kopp in a second, uh, but I want to start the show with something pretty exciting. Uh, so you might have come across in some of the episodes, music is pretty big for me, and that made the theme song for this podcast uh, always really important and top of mind uh, for me since the day I started planning the show. And for the first few episodes, I've been using the song uh, I Must Sail Away by Black Matilda. And honestly, I, I love the song and I think it's great. But behind the scenes, I've actually been scheming with a couple members of Black Matilda on something special. From the beginning, Farewell to Nova Scotia has always been the song I wanted. It's just too appropriate and fitting for this podcast to not use it. And unexpectedly for a lot of people who meet me, punk music is actually kind of like, it's my jam, uh, which is, you know, Black Matilda's that classic sort of Celtic punk band. Well, the crew at Black Matilda took my idea and turned it into a reality. They infused their unique sound into one of our most classic and iconic Nova Scotian songs. And I can't thank uh, Matt Ernst and Josh Clark uh, of Black Matilda enough for being the two guys who worked with me to make this happen. Uh, they were both really patient with me as we went through this. Uh, they're both awesome, and I really appreciate them doing this for me. So, premiering right now for the first time ever is the new Global Blue Nosers theme song, Farewell to Nova Scotia by Lunenburg-based band Black Matilda. The sun was setting in the west And the birds were singing on every tree And no, they just seemed inclined for rest But still there was no rest for me I grieve to leave my native land I grieve to leave my comrades all And my parents whom I held so dear And the body, body lass that I do adore Shall the sea bound coast watch your mountains dark and drear I be For when I am far away on the primary ocean dust Will you ever heave a sigh or a wish for me? Will you ever heave a sigh or a wish for me? Will you ever heave a sigh or a wish for me? Hey everyone, welcome back to Global Blue Nosers, the podcast about everyday people around the world whose lives have been shaped by the province of Nova Scotia. I'm your host, Sean Meister, and today's guest is someone whose story, when she sent it to me by email, actually really struck a chord with me. Uh, she's a Haligonian and proud Nova Scotian, someone who has proudly told Nova Scotian stories as a journalist here in the province but she's also someone who had the urge to travel and really embraced that experience first in London and now on the Gold Coast of Australia. Christina Kopp is someone who can easily tell you both the highs and the lows of being a Nova Scotia expat. And today we're going to explore that experience with her and what it's taught her about Nova Scotia. So Christina, uh, we've got a big time difference between us here today. So uh, I just want to say thanks so much for making the time uh, to join the show. Oh, no, I'm happy to. Thank you for having me. No, it's, uh, yeah, we've been connected for a little while, but uh, when you when you sent me your story, it was, I, I really enjoyed because it resonated with me. There was a lot in there that I was like, oh, I remember those feelings and I remember that. So it was, uh, I was, I'm really excited to chat with you. And uh, 
you know, to, to really to kick things off, it's, you know, I'd love for people to hear your story and your words. So maybe, um, you know, in a, in a Coles Notes version or in a bit of a summary, tell us your story starting in Halifax, going to, to where you are now today in, in Australia. Okay. So I grew up in Halifax in Spryfield. Um, I went to St. Mary's University. And after I graduated with an English degree, um, one of my good friends and I moved to Toronto for a year. I was just antsy. I had been to New York City once before that and just wanted to go to a bigger place. Um, but the homesickness kicked in within the year. And I was back in Halifax and sort of pondering my next move. Um, I'd always liked writing. And so I ended up going to the University of King's College to do a uh, postgraduate in journalism. Um, and then as soon as I graduated, I started working for the CBC as a digital journalist for two years. Um, and then I decided that news wasn't quite for me. Uh, so I moved into communications, which is I'm still in. Um, so I worked for uh, the um, military um, and cadets. And uh, there happened to be an opportunity. My sister was turning 30 and she wanted to go on a big trip. So she and I um, booked a Kentucky tour to go to uh, Turkey and Greece. And that's where I met my now husband. <laughs> um, and he's an Australian. So we had a great uh, 10 days or so getting to know each other. We kind of ditched. He was with his sister um, doing what a lot of Australians do is a gap year traveling around. And yeah, we sort of ditched our sisters halfway through. And um, when we left after that 10 days, I was devastated. He was finishing up his travels and he was moving to London because um, he had an ancestry visa, which allowed him five years to live in London. Um, and so... I went back home. I finished up um, a contract with the government and booked a one-way ticket to Germany to go see him. And so he and I barely knew each other. We had talked on FaceTime the whole month that I was away from him. And we traveled around Germany and the Czech Republic. And um, we, where's one, one other place? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, and then we had to separate again. And we did this back and forth for a while. He came to Canada um, in the Christmas of 2014. Um, and that's, I don't know if anybody remembers, but we had snow like every Wednesday, snowstorms. And um, he got a white Christmas, which was, you know, amazing. He kept bragging to everyone that he was going to get a white Christmas. He did. We all told him he wasn't going to, but he did anyway. Um, anyway, so then I started going back and forth to England because that's where he was settling up um, in London. And then very quickly, we kind of knew that something was going to happen. I gave up my apartment and sort of lived part-time with my dad and part-time in England. And um, he took me to Australia and we got engaged in about 14 months from when we met. And then three months later, we eloped because we couldn't be in the same place until we were married. So I lived in London with him for four years or so. And then um, a lot of the attacks that were happening in London, um, we were getting pretty freaked out because the last one on um, Tower Bridge was about five minute walk from my work. So we decided maybe we're not going to stay. So we had to decide between going to Canada or going to Australia. And he had been away from home longer and I wasn't really ready to go back to snow. So we moved to Australia and I've been here for five years. And since then we've had two children um, I've built a great career here and next Wednesday I'm about to do my citizenship test. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a pretty round the world fun couple, eight years actually. 
yeah that that sounds action packed uh there's there's a there's a lot involved in there um so how is how's the cramming for this the citizenship test going <laughs> um it's probably just it's probably very similar to somebody who would have to take the Canadian citizenship test from what I've heard. Um, I'm, I'm hoping I'm overstudying. Um, cause I just don't really want to take it again. Like once is enough. Um, you do have to know, you know, a bit about the Aboriginal history and the government and, you know, obviously some of the history. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Well, we'll have to do an update on this one to to say successful now now dual citizen. Okay. Um, well, if I have to hang my head in shame, then um, we'll see. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll conveniently forget the update if you okay, don't. Okay, perfect. Pass. That it's sounds fine. good. Don't, don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, so, I mean that that's a it's a really interesting journey, and it's always a good sign when you ditch your family members to to be together. So that's a that's a that's a good sign that that you guys were on the right path there. Um, but to to go back, I'm kind of curious. Um, you know, you're somebody that did that, you did that first attempt at Toronto, um, as, as being an expat. And so maybe tell me a little bit more about that experience. Like I totally get that feeling of wanting to get away, see something bigger, but clearly it didn't work that time you came home. So maybe, maybe dive in a little bit about, uh, how that went and why you ended up back at home. Oh, it was, um, I mean, I was 25 years old and I had, yeah, I had just seen New York the year before. And that was the first time I'd been to Toronto before, but it's the first time I'd spent some time in, in a quite a big city. And I was just dazzled by the idea of living in a big city with millions of people. Uh, and I wasn't going to move to the States. Um, but, uh, Toronto was a good option. I had just finished my first degree. Um, my my friend Neil and I wanted to be writers, so we decided we were going to move to Toronto together. And he had finished his um, English degree as well. And I was incredibly lonely. Um, you know, like starting off there, I was working in a restaurant and I did get a job at um, kind of a terrible um, sort of a budget magazine. Uh, so I did do some writing for a hair magazine, but it was... Um, yeah, I mean, I had to work two jobs to afford my rent, which I split with Neil. Um, he had a lot of friends there, so he was pretty good. But I, I, it had been my first time away from home. Like I literally had lived at home with my parents up until I graduated school. So I had never been away that long before. And yeah, so uh, I, I, I always, I think the whole year, I knew I wasn't going to stay there long. I just, it didn't feel like it fit for me. So then I left. <laughs> and then I was kind of like, okay what do I do now? I was, um, you know, my, uh, my thumbs were twiddling. I knew I was itchy to do something. So that's, I did do my degree, um, which is a year if you already have a, your undergraduate degree. And um, after I finished up at the CBC and I was doing the contract work with the government, I, I was getting itchy again. Um, that was a couple of years, about three or four years in between finishing up with my second degree. And I considered Calgary. So I booked a, a week out to Calgary and that like as soon as I was flying in as wasn't for me I could I could see the buildings as I was landing I was like the, yeah it, I know lots of Nova Scotians live out there um but it was a nice week away but that wasn't it and then it was a month later that we went to Turkey and Greece and I met my husband so <laughs> so I guess it was always destined to leave it's just not where I ended up thinking I was going to be <laughs> 
it's it is funny how it goes that way but in, in the, the the description of like the you know itchy wanting like yeah. you, you knew you needed to do something it's that's such a common theme i find for everyone that's left it, like even when you're sitting at home you're like i love it here and i you know it's a great life but like that that desire to go out and do something it's it's kind of indescribable and yeah uh, it's interesting to hear that you kind of did the, the testing you know great that you didn't land in calgary because now I look at the life you've got because you didn't uh i did three years in calgary and that was enough um but uh but yeah that that sense of what you know loving where you're from but needing to go out is is an interesting sort of two sides to the coin yeah and i mean even though i've been gone for eight years now the homesickness has never left i feel like that i need to make that clear because when i lived in london i loved london i loved we got to travel a lot around europe and it was wonderful um but every time we'd go back to halifax and i was able to do it somewhat frequently because it's only a six-hour flight i'd leave crying every single time and then thinking i'd leave thinking what am i doing this isn't this is, I, I felt quite sad. Um, and now thanks to oh, pandemic um, and some, some pregnancy stuff and stuff, I haven't been home in, if I make it this Christmas, it'll have been four years, almost four years. So wow. I'm very homesick. I miss the cold weather. I miss just Northern hemisphere seasons. I miss a lot. Well, it's, it's funny that uh, you, you know, you you went Australia. You weren't ready for for when you described it. You weren't ready for snow again. Now you're you're kind of craving oh, I miss the cold it. a little bit. I I tell my three year old about the snow all the time. She thinks there's snow in Halifax all year round. Like whenever she's talking to my family members on Facetime, she's asked to see what's going on outside because she thinks that there should be snow. Um, it's hard to explain to a three year old why what she sees outside is not what she's going to see. You know, it, it we're on opposite sides of the world. <laughs> Yeah, it, that that that's a, it's hard to sort of reconcile that for for a three year old and what a what a magical thought that would be for her to be like oh my goodness snow outside like that's like that's I'm so desperate to show her snow and to take her sledding and build snowmen and go skating I cannot wait to do all of that. Well, I think so. All of us here in Nova Scotia need to remember that as we're grumbling, as we take out our snowblowers, that 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 you're you're desperate to be in the snow. So I think we should all be thankful, even when we have to shovel. Oh, look! So right now it's today. It's the first day of winter. So um, in the mornings, it's maybe around ten degrees. In the afternoons, it's about twenty-five degrees. So <laughs> my Aussie co- what an awful winter! <laughs> so, so awful. my Aussie coworkers, some of them sit in their offices in jackets, and they say it's freezing, and I snicker. But then you know, once it goes above twenty five degrees Celsius here, I'm the one complaining, and they're laughing at me. So no, it goes both ways. <laughs> well, I mean, t- twenty five is the sweet spot. Totally. Actually, t- like twenty three to twenty five. That's our sweet spot. Like that without humidity and like a little breeze mm-hmm. is like. I think that's like that's Nirvana for Nova Scotians. Like that's what I have sought my entire life, and I get like three days of it in Nova yeah. Scotia, and those three days are like heaven. Those are the ones. Where, yeah, I'm just like this is what life was meant to be. And then my wife, who's from Southern Ontario, she's used to like very warm. So like what you're describing, yeah. like twenty at twenty five, she's wearing a sweater, um, and <laughs> I'm just like when I lived in Southern Ontario, I just was the most miserable person to be around. Like summer would roll around, I'd be like, "Why am I not in Nova Scotia? This is horrible. What is this humidity?" Um, so yeah, we're we're not we're not built for it. That's not what we're meant to do. No, no, I I miss like winter coats and yeah, I just I I, I miss a lot of that. But and cold Christmas, I miss cold Christmas desperately. 
Yeah. Well, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed for you. Um, <laughs> and and especially especially for for your daughter because I think that would probably be mind blowing for for her to see. Yeah, I don't know if she'll get a white Christmas if we do make it back, but you know, cold weather at least. Again, fingers crossed. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So I uh, the one thing I was really interested about when I was looking at. Uh, at your story is, you know, for you having been a, a journalist in Nova Scotia, um, you know, you you got to tell the stories of here in the province, mm. of people, of places, of, of events. Um, so what did an experience like that teach you about Nova Scotia? Um, what did you learn about this place going through that? It's funny because when I, when I, before I worked in the news, I mean, I had a sort of a, a crash course with my journalism degree, but I didn't, know how important people's stories were that, you know, were just a couple kilometers down the road, but weren't, weren't my story. Like lobster fishermen, the, when I was a journalist, there was a lot of um, issues with the, the price of lobster and how it was affecting local fishermen and um, places were buying lobster from Maine instead because they were getting it cheaper. And it was really affecting the whole industry and the families connected to it. And, you know, the knock-on effect of, of what, what that looks like for you know, uh, one set of people, just one set of people. And, um, you know, even when I worked in the military, like I didn't have a whole lot of knowledge or anything. I was a civilian in the military, but um, about, you know, what it's like to be a military family or to be shipped away or, you know, I learned all these different stories that um, are very maritime stories that probably the other parts of Canada may not be able to relate with, but I could, and I still remember them. I still take them with me. There are still some stories um, at my time at CBC that I'll never forget. Um, they're pretty dark stories being news, so I probably won't share them. But yeah, you, you carry them with you. Um, and there's something about the maritime spirit of, of it, there's always that generosity and the kindness. And you hear about that. Any person I've ever met in Australia, a surprising amount of people I've met have been to Halifax or have been to Nova Scotia. Shocks me sometimes. I'm always like, in the nicest way possible. Why? Like most people have been to the Rockies or something like that if they've gone to Canada, but a lot of people have done maybe cruises or something and have stopped. And um, they always say that they were the kindest people they've ever met. And I'm quite proud of that. And, you know, every time I go home, um, I'm, it always sort of surprises me when I'm walk, going for a walk and every stranger is like, good morning, good morning, Hi. Or, you know, if they're not that friendly, they might just smile at you. You know, it's, I don't find you find that many other places in the world. Yeah, it's, it, it is funny that, you know, someone who's having a bad day in Nova Scotia just gives you the smile and the head nod yeah. instead of, you know, wanting to say hello or have a conversation. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a unique thing. It's, it's a thing that you don't notice. You don't notice until you don't have it anymore, especially living in London where people didn't make eye contact with you. <laughs> Yeah, I I particularly noticed it when I was the only person doing it when I moved away, and everyone thought there was something severely wrong with me. Um, I I got a lot of the stares. It, it's yeah, it, you just didn't. I didn't realize that other places in the world didn't do that, but everywhere everywhere I go, um, and I can always see the when tourists are here. Um, I'll be walking through Lunenburg, and people. Are, they start to when they're first here they're like what is this and then by the end of it they're just like right into it they're just like they're nodding and saying hello to everybody too like it, you really we rub you off really on them enjoy that. <laughs> we do which is you know that that's a great export for us to have is kindness and friendliness absolutely um yeah um 
but yeah, it's it's interesting, like you say about those stories that you know the rest of Canada, but it wouldn't know. But it's interesting how even I think for a lot of us in Nova Scotia, those stories they're so they're around us at all times that even I think we don't always really understand everything that's going on. Like we kind of we know our little bubble, but yeah, it, I I think it would probably be interesting that for you as a journalist, you get to you got to see a side of your province that the rest of us kind of like gloss past just in our day to day. Um, so that, you know, that, hopefully the, that, that's stuff that can kind of help as you're an expat now having that depth of, of stories, even if some of them were a bit, bit negative to, to carry with you as you, as you're out in the world. But you know, one thing I was thinking about what I notice about more so now since I've left is the interest that people, Nova Scotians have about other people that I don't see here or in England or, um, people are always quite curious about Nova Scotians are quite curious about other people. Um, and I appreciate that because I'm quite a curious person about other people, but like, you know, here people are very nice in Australia. Um, they're very laid back. Um, but in my experience, they're not as curious about other people. They don't really ask, they don't really want to get to know sort of my background. Nobody in my office would know what city I'm from. Oh, okay. Interesting. Whereas I think I know where every, like most of people are sort of local. I know where they all live or grew up or whatever. It's just, it's something that I noticed even, you know, my grandmother, she's not alive anymore, but she always asked people about themselves. She always turned the conversation away from her and asked other people about what's going on in their lives. And I've definitely noticed that about Nova Scotians. That makes me quite proud. And I think that I'm one of them as well. So maybe makes you stick out a little bit in uh, wherever you I don't know, but I do notice it. I always notice it if people aren't sort of as curious as I am. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, that's a good point. I never really thought about that because that is really sort of the core to a lot of the conversations that I, that I saw growing up was that everyone was always talking about asking each other what was going on and complete strangers coming through town would get grilled. So yeah, I never really thought about yeah, that. Yeah. I don't know what it is that makes, I mean, I think it's a friendliness, but, and just a genuine interest in other people. And I think that makes uh, our corner of the world quite special. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so one thing I'm, I, I'm always curious about is, so you, you know, you finally, you went on to the sort of this this path of an expat journey back in 2015 and you know wonderful motivations for doing it and and everything like that but kind of kind of curious um you know to make that decision and i this is a question i'm always curious to hear the answers what was it like to make that decision to say okay like i am i'm going like i'm i'm going to leave home and it's not you know, right now there isn't an end date. So it's, I'm going out and, and I'm going to be away from home. What was, what was that moment? Like? I don't think that I ever thought about it that far into the future. I, I had been to London, um, maybe a year, a year and a half before I moved there. And I, I had gone with my mother and my stepfather for my 30th birthday. And I remember looking around and thinking like, oh, I could live here. And I remember saying that to my mom and it was the weirdest thing that about a year and a half later I was. Um, but I never, I never saw that far into the future. I just, I fell in love. I wanted to be with the person I fell in love with. And uh, it helped that he was moving to a city that I really, really liked. Um, I was very excited. I was nervous, of course. And, and the goodbyes at the airport that day were, it was pretty heartbreaking for me. Um, 
and the the days leading up to or the the days after we arrived and my husband had to go on a business trip to Italy within 6 days of me arriving and then I was alone for a week completely alone in our new apartment didn't know anybody um didn't have a job it took me a couple months to get a job which was pretty it was pretty hard because I thought that my experience in Halifax working for the CBC and for the Canadian government would be pretty impressive on a resume it, it didn't really matter there was a lot of competition for jobs in London <laughs> Um, so I guess I'd had a lot of time to sort of think about then what am I doing was this the right choice but I just kind of took it day by day and certainly the little cheap trips we could take around Europe helped um, it's always my hope to go back um, right now we I'm, about, I'm doing citizenship I'm not doing it um, necessarily because I want to stick around, but I've been here for five years. And if I want to leave the country again, I have to apply for this resident return visa. And every time I want to leave, it's going to cost me just under $500 to leave. And that's not including my paying ticket. Oh. It's this return visa I have to get, or I could just get citizenship for $500. So I'm doing that. Um, so my husband's a university student. So I'm hoping that when he finishes his engineering degree, we will move to Canada. Interesting. So, uh, how does how does he feel about that? What is what is what are his thoughts about a life in in uh, in Canada or in? He's America? pretty open to it. I mean, he's obviously pretty well traveled. He's lived in London before. He's lived around Australia as well before, um, in a couple of different places. So he's pretty open to it. Um, I think he quite likes the winter, although I don't know that he realizes that it's not the six weeks of the fun that he had had the first experience he had had. <laughs> um, he understands that I miss home quite a bit. Um, and I think when he returned to Australia uh, after having been away for about five years, it wasn't quite what he expected. You know, people had moved on and changed and he had had this big life in another part of the world, but that didn't matter as much to other people. It mattered more to him. And so he felt a bit of a disconnect, I think, coming back and, you know, he's settled in, but he doesn't want to be settled here, I don't think, forever. Yeah. But then, you know, there's the, yeah. there's that, you know, there's that push pull that we were sort of talking about earlier and like the idea of moving back sounds really exciting. But then there's also the things that I hear about like the doctor shortage and you know, the shortage of rentals and all of that stuff that scares me. <laughs> and and those are things like it's 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 real uh that yeah. you know, the housing side is definitely very real and um you know it some of that stuff really came out of nowhere just because of the influx yeah. Yeah. during covid it was it was um just completely unexpected to see so um yeah and and i i know quite a few people that have have moved home and it took them uh, you know maybe a little bit longer because finding housing mm. was was not as as easy um and i know for me like i uh I oddly had a bit of culture shock coming home after 10 years away, um, which I didn't expect. My wife, I think, had less culture shock than I did because um, she was just like, oh, it's a new thing. And just like, but like for me, I was coming with the the lens of my past. And so not that I was looking to recreate it, but I was like, I, I had memories and I was coming back in the province yes. was different, and people were different and, and I was different. And it was, 
it was a really unique experience to, to come yeah, home. I can absolutely identify that. Even just visiting Halifax, like again, it's kind of been a four year gap. I know probably there are the last time I was there, there was a lot of holes in the downtown where there were buildings that, <laughs> or um, I had walked around St. Mary's campus and you know, I graduated quite a while ago, 14 years ago or something like that. And, you know, the library looks nothing like it. Like all these changes, it kind of, yeah, it felt like, it felt like I had been away a long time and things had changed around me. And you kind of expect yeah. that home is always going to be exactly the same as you left it. Yeah. And, and, and that creates a whole different level of difficulty when you come, cause it, it keeps on moving. Cause like, you know, all those holes in the ground in, in Halifax are now towers. Um, you know, SMU is putting up even more buildings and changing and, um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I didn't recognize Halifax when I when I moved home and went into my job. I, I got home on like on a Thursday and I went to work on the Friday or something like that. And I was like, I don't even recognize this city. So it's it's jarring. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine it, it. It will feel that way when I do it. And I can also imagine the feeling, sort of what my husband has experienced moving back to Australia. Sort of a yeah, people have moved on without you. You're out of sight, out of mind a little bit. And I, I can, I, if I can maybe hopefully prepare myself for those feelings again, when, in, when I do move back, yeah. I, I'm sure there will be like a, oh, in one way it's changed so much, but in another, oh, it's, it's Halifax. It's not changed much at all. <laughs> the, the, the heart is still yeah. there. And I think the one thing that's unique about us for Nova Scotia is that we're used to to that cycle of of people leaving and coming back so the sort of the reintegration piece is there might be some some individual stuff like for yourself it can be but i find like from a from a community perspective people are so used to it that it does make it a little bit easier from that side because it's just like oh yeah great someone's home it's like something to celebrate where it, which is something unique for us we're yeah. so used to it yeah and the last time i was home i feel like i was a bit I don't know if I can say it. I, I was a bit screwed on my visit because we got there February 28, um, 2020. My daughter was six weeks old and the, like within 10 days, I got 10 good days with my family and friends and then everything shut down. The park shut down, everything. And then we were scrambling to make sure we could get back to Australia because I wasn't a resident anymore. So I had no health coverage. I had a brand new baby, a husband who wasn't Canadian. We had to leave and that that was not the most fun trip I've ever had home. <laughs> it's a little bit traumatic for that to be oh, your trip home. Yes. Uh, to be right at the beginning of COVID. <laughs> yeah. And we knew it was happening. Like we went and we're like, mm, should we be taking our daughter on the plane? Because the Gold Coast had had like five cases um, just as we were leaving. We actually ordered, before masks were a thing, we ordered our daughter a mask because she was so little. She had just had her needles and we were taking her on a plane. We ordered her like a mask from China somewhere. We never ever used it. We still have it because we think that's a, an interesting memento of the year she was born. But yeah, we went hearing it was starting to be a thing and then it just blew up. Yeah, yeah, that it, it, it came at mm. us fast. We were definitely... And it is interesting how we ended up having the bubble yeah. in Atlantic Canada. Like I think even in, even in the beginning, before it all started, I think we were living a little bit in a bubble. We're like, it's kind of like it's a big city problem. Yes, like you know, it's not gonna it's not gonna hit us. And then it definitely hit us. Um, so yeah, that that would have been oh, that what an awful time to to come home, uh, especially with you know a new a new yeah. baby and wanting everyone to to meet her. Um, so hopefully your next trip home is 
is much more I hope robust. so. And I've got a second one now. So he won't be a little baby when we go. But um, yeah, no, I, my father has not met him and he'll be probably 18 months at least before we get there. So yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I have only positive thoughts that it's all going to work out and they're going to get snow and... <laughs> <laughs> Well, and and so maybe let's let's let let's kind of think about that trip home. What are what are be the things that you're sort of most looking forward to for yourself, but also you know for your kids and your husband when you when you get back home. What what are you really looking forward to doing? Obviously, family, but what other things? Well, so when I come and I, I'm not comparing in a negative way, but the Gold Coast is a is a is a city that's slightly bigger in population than Halifax, about six hundred thousand, but it's it's a beach community. It's just a really big beach community. Mm-hmm. Um, Halifax is a real small, but cultural center. And I hadn't really thought ever of Halifax like that until I, I had left it. Um, so I'm quite excited to show my children, you know, there's a history there, the old buildings, like the Gold Coast is not an old city. Um, so they haven't seen buildings that are older than 40 or 50 years old. Um, so, you know, there's history there. There's the art gallery, um, the museums. I want to go to the Discovery Center because that's new and shiny since I left. Um, the the library on Spring Garden Road. Um, I definitely want them to experience something colder than twenty degrees. So, I if there's snow, I want to take them on the oval and go sledding, um, and yeah, do all of the the sort of silly stuff that I haven't done since I was a child. Um, Point Pleasant Park. I want to smell the ocean again, because even though I live on the Pacific Ocean, you don't really smell this. There's not a seaweedy ocean smell. I want to take them and like, just yeah. sort of like awaken their senses a bit. Um, and then... That's... Uh, what, yeah. what a great way to describe it, awaken their senses. Yeah. I, I mean, that. I don't know if the three-year-old and the one-year-old will appreciate it, but I'll pretend that they will. <laughs> um <laughs> And then I still, I've always thought that Halifax is so great for its dining and bar scene. And, you know, I'm not going to be taking them bar hopping, but I'm excited to maybe ditch them with my parents for a night and go meet up with friends and go and go to some of the restaurants. And I'm sure there's a lot that's changed in the years that I've been there. But, um, and I love like, you don't have to take a taxi or an Uber. Yeah. And, you know, we could, you know, move around very easily to a bunch of different places in one evening. And I, I miss that a lot. So it's a lot of little culture in, or a lot of culture in a little space that I'm excited to have them experience. Yeah. Well, I, I can say, I can confirm that the discovery center is awesome. I, I took my daughter there uh, last year and I, it was like, I had to peel her away from it. So they're going to love that. It's, it's such an amazing spot. Um, and the other thing I will say from, for your side of things. Yeah. Like since March of 2020, yeah. when you would have been here and obviously everything kicked off the, yeah, the restaurant scene is just, I mean, there are entire new developments that are just packed full of restaurants that you'll never have heard of that are going to blow your mind. Like it's, uh, it's, it's such an amazing, It somehow has even gotten better, um, especially from the dining side of things. So yeah, definitely, definitely yeah. catch the kids <laughs> for a night or two and, and get out. Cause it's, it's just, you, you, you probably won't be able to fit well, it all I, in. I buy my parents generally restaurant gift certificates for Christmases and, and stuff like that. And I'm generally looking at top 10, 2023 restaurants in Halifax and I haven't heard of most of them. So I just sort of pick and choose 
what sounds good. And yeah. they always tell me that they have lovely time. I'm like, cool. I hope that I get to try it someday. <laughs> well, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, especially I think it's best summed up was just you and you might've seen, I posted it on LinkedIn. It was just the other week that the listings for like Canada's yes! 100 restaurants uh, came out, but then they also put out the top 10 restaurants in Canada. Three yes, of which were I in did Halifax. see that. Like, and again, like there were places that a year or so ago you would they didn't exist, um, and they are spectacular. And like pretty much all of them are in the oh, same building. Like it's just like right on the waterfront, and you're just like the new Queens Mark development. It's just like the whole ground level is just all amazing restaurants. So you can just like go restaurant to restaurant and be like, oh, this is one of the top ten in Canada. This is one of the top ten. In I'm Canada gonna have to for starve myself for a couple of days ahead of time. I think just to save some space for it. <laughs> It's exciting though, and I, highly, and I feel really, yeah, highly recommend. I feel really you happy that. for Halifax that you know I, every city has its ups and downs, but I, like I, I love that it's it's getting that. And I'm sure there's some push and pull with developments as there always is in every city, but I, I think that's pretty cool. It it is, and I I was just having coffee yesterday with an expat who was home for a visit and we were chatting and the thing that she said was just, you know, really seeing the change in personality Mm. in Halifax in terms of like the confidence and the, the, like the swagger that we have that we, you know, we still have a ways to go to be able to like stay humble, but also be like confident, but it's a different vibe in the city. And uh, that's the thing I get excited about too, is like people from away now can look at Halifax and say, oh, this is a city that's that has confidence. Our little Halifax girls growing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh we're we're finally stepping out into the world and being like, you know what, we're kind of better than a lot of places. And you just didn't hear yeah. it from Halifax in, in the past. So that is great. It's exciting. It's nice. Um yeah, it's so I mean one of the couple other things, you know, b- before I let you go, and and I know that you had mentioned in in your email that you know you're you're kind of curious about what expat life teaches yes. you about yourself and everything like that. So, so you know, being an expat, you know, I think you don't expect to learn a lot about yourself. You're kind of expecting to learn yes. a lot about the new location you're going to. But, um, what what have been some of the the big things that expat life has taught you about about yourself about Nova Scotia, like, um. Because it's got to be a completely unique experience. To what I think expect. resilience. Um, in my experience, at least with everyone I grew up with, most people are still there. I know a lot of people leave sort of after school, but in my experience, most people stayed. So I left a place that I had been friends with the same people for 33 years. And I had to go and meet all new friends and get to new get to know all new neighborhoods and you know, everything about my life had changed. And, um, you know, I was with, I was finally living with my then husband, but we had never lived together full time before. So everything had changed. So I think resilience, you learn a lot about, um, yeah, getting back up and starting over when most people don't always have to do that. Um, and you learn how to be in your own company. Um, I spent a lot of time, uh, wandering, well, London first, I would say, and Toronto, um, wandering the city by myself, getting to know it, um, finding new and interesting shops and restaurants. Yeah, so 
you learn, you learn your own company, you learn resilience. I think those are the biggest things and, and confidence. Like I've always been pretty happy to talk to people. That's kind of why I went into journalism, but then you, you do have to you meet new people and um, find talking ground, find topics of interest and all of those things. I think I wouldn't have learned or appreciated about myself until I left. And my appreciation yeah. for Halifax or Nova Scotia or the Maritimes is um, the, the, even even from afar, it's, it's a close-knit community that I still feel a part of, even though I'm not physically a part of it anymore. Um, I feel like, you know, when something happens in Halifax in the news that's not so positive, like, I want to be home. I want to be able to do something to help. Um I, yeah, you can, you can take the girl away from the Halifax, but you can't take Halifax out of the girl. And, um, I think that I have a, a, a bigger appreciation for the kindness and the manners, the politeness and, um, how Nova Scotians are willing to help each other, um, no matter what, um, they will, they, they will, give a shirt off the back if they have to, or, you know, they will make space in a, in a tight space for more people if they need to. And all of that, I appreciate that. I didn't really think about all that much until I left. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I can relate to that. I, and I mean, on this expat journey, have you bumped into other Nova Scotians or say other, you know, people uh, connected to Nova Scotia? At Not. All? Really, I have met a couple people um, who have been, who have visited Nova Scotia. I've not met. I belong to a couple of Facebook groups. So, um, like when I lived in London, I was in a Canadians in the UK Facebook group. So there were people there, and then I belong to a Canadians in Brisbane Facebook group here. And there are Nova Scotians somewhere around, but I haven't met them. Um, no, I wear, I have a, a Canadian flag on the back of my car. So I always hope that there's going to be somebody be like, Hey, look, another one of us. Um, no, but I haven't, I haven't met any others. That would be really cool if I did. Well, so there's, there's the call to action. Any Nova Scotians who might be listening in Brisbane, you got to reach out to Christina on LinkedIn or whatever so that she can know that there's exactly. other blue nosers around her. So there, there we go. Cause it's it is it does give you a little taste of home I find when you when you bump into someone from home when you're away. Um, so yeah, we gotta gotta make sure we try to find. Well, a, and the, I mean there are there. the Canadian groups they do like Canada Day is coming up and they usually have something. I mean my husband and I there's a bar um, in the Gold Coast that um, we've gone to a couple of times that hosts like a Canada Day celebration and they have mediocre poutine and mediocre Caesars and they try um, and that kind of stuff and and. Um, they're always organizing more of them. It's just sort of um, young family life right now. Probably won't bring me to one of those fun celebrations this year, but hopefully soon. Yeah, no, definitely. That would be it. it it's good that they try, but yeah, it, it's ne you can never recreate home entirely. So oh, but at least they they make the attempt. Oh, I think it's great. I, I love that. I, and I don't know, you know, maybe maybe the Irish do it with the Irish pubs or something like that. But it, it feels pretty unique. Like I don't hear of, you know, July 4th celebrations happening for American expats in this area. I think that Canadians want to sort of stick together and get a piece of, of home um, from afar. I know like even in Lond London, whenever there's a lot of Australians in London and 
when we'd hear an Australian accent, I'd nudge my husband and be like, oh, like another Aussie, do you want to talk to him? He's like, no. Whereas if I heard an accent that could have possibly been American, but if I hear Canadian, I always had to ask them where their accent was from. I was always very curious. I always had hoped. If they were tourists, yeah. they were usually wearing some sort of maple leaf. <laughs> I always felt like Canadians advertised that, or maybe it was Americans in disguise. I don't know. <laughs> it, it is funny. It is funny. My, uh, my in-laws did that every time they traveled, they'd wear such like, they'd be like, hit it out. Like they were a Canadian <laughs> hockey team. Um, I, I never quite understood no, it, it. it. And you notice it a lot, but uh, it's cute. I, I, I can appreciate it. <laughs> Says the girl with the Canadian flag on the back yeah. of the car. So, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, you know, it's it. We all we all had a bit of that in us. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, coming to the end here, and I don't want to go onto a, a a heavy topic. I'll go to something light to end it off. But I mean, I know for me, homesickness was a huge mm-hmm. problem when I was away, and mm-hmm. it was what ultimately brought me home. Um, but instead of you know, I I, I was like probably a whole episode to get into all the 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 psychology of of homesickness but i'm more so curious like do you have any sort of like tried and true things to help you combat homesickness like for me i'd have like particular songs i'd listen to or even pictures i'd bring up um is there anything you do when you kind of get that wave because i i always found it came in waves um that 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 helps you? Um, I listen to some, sometimes, not very often, I'll listen to, you know, Barrett's Privateers or some really, really sort of local, you know, old school music. Um, my screensaver at work is um, the Halifax Waterfront. Um, and at Christmas time, I always make my phone screensaver, like um, historic properties in snow or something like that. There's little elements of that. I mean, I talk to, I don't get it. The, the time difference, which is 13 hours right now, makes it hard to talk to a lot of people from home, sort of have to cross off my family members. And then um, mm-hmm. getting to talk to friends is pretty challenging, but you can always text, um, check in otherwise. Um, I have the CBC app on my phone. I'm always updated with news from home. Um, I like to stay on top of that. Um and uh, I just go down the rabbit hole of pictures. You know, if I'm at home and I'm by myself and I'm feeling particularly homesick, I'll just you know go on old Facebook albums or I'll go on my computer or whatever and just kind of or just go away in my mind. I can I can walk the streets of Halifax as I remember it, <laughs> and um, you know, sort of picture what it would be like to be there. Um, being at the old Triangle is is a big family favorite of ours. We always meet at the Triangle, so go and sit there and mentally have a beer. <laughs> That an excellent choice to to go and have have a mental <laughs> mental. I, I, I love that spot. <laughs> uh, um, so okay, so to to end it off, um, sometimes I ask people with their twenty four hours in Nova Scotia. We talked a little bit about what you want to do yeah. when you come back with with your family and everything next time. I, I'd actually I'd like to end on understanding. You know, let's say you you come home and you 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 get back for a visit and you drop the kids with with, with yep. parents and you send and you send your husband off to do his own exploring and you've got you Whoa. time what's what, what? I know, <laughs> what a magical thought what a magical thought as a yeah. parent <laughs> uh, um but should you mm-hmm. have that what what are going to be those first couple things that that you do for okay. you uh, okay so in my mind it's december and it's snow there's snow on the ground 
Yep. Let's, we're yep. going to go with um, that. So I've got a beautiful new winter coat on that I haven't worn in, in several years because I haven't had to. <laughs> um, I head down <laughs> to Spring Garden Road. Um, I grab a hot chocolate from somewhere because I haven't really had hot chocolate in a couple of years because I haven't needed to. Um, but I do yeah. a bit of Christmas shopping because I love um, Christmas shopping sort of in and out of stores, out in the cold. It really feels it's, it's that Christmas vibe that I've been missing for a couple of years. Um, and then the yeah. library is right there. And I'm a huge, huge book nerd. So I'm going to go and wander around because I haven't been in it in a long time. I'm going to take it in, enjoy my hot chocolate. Then I'll go down to Barrington Street. I don't actually know what it looks like these days. So I'd be happy just to wander the streets of downtown for a bit by myself. Um, yeah, if it's getting to about lunchtime, I might go in to the Triangle or Henry House or something and have a, a nice stout or something like that, something wintry. Um, and then I'll probably allow my husband to meet me for lunch somewhere down there. Um, and then, oh, I don't know. I, I That's more time than I have to myself now or have for the yeah. last couple of years. So, you know, the fact that I've had a whole morning. <laughs> I was going to say, you got to lunchtime, I'd say... <laughs> As a fellow parent, I'd say you're you've tapped out your time right there. Like you, you that's yeah. all you're getting. And then you know maybe maybe he joins me with the children, and I can take them to the Discovery Center or to the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia and show them the Maud Lewis um, area or something like that. Oh, yes. That sounds like a perfect day at home. And then maybe meet all of my loved ones for dinner. I think that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. No, that. Uh, well, my fingers are crossed that you get home and have that. And for the probably one of the first times I'll say in my life, I'm really hoping that when you're home, it's really oh, snowy. That would be just magical. <laughs> Again, I, it, not something I'm normally in saying. In my head, I know that the, the chances are probably slimmer than I'd like, but you know, a good person has to have hope, right? You know what? When we find out you're coming with the whole province, we'll, we'll start willing. Snow oh, I would appreciate that. Uh, yeah. If you could just get you. your network on that, that would be great. <laughs> Yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll dedicate my LinkedIn feed for for a month to everyone saying, okay, do whatever you got to do okay. to get snow to come. Oh, while Christmas I appreciate that, John. Thank you very much. <laughs> we, we gotta. That's what Nova Scotians do. That's what we do. Uh, well, I it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. That I know the time difference makes it it, it tough, um, and you've got two young kids. So the, the fact that you took the time out of your day to, to talk to me, Christina, it's so I really nice to talk it. to somebody from home. You know, like I said, there's, I don't have much time other than talking to family to sort of connect with, with people from home. And it's uh, almost a little more special that it's, um, you know, somebody I don't know that well and, and sort of just talk about home because you don't do that with your family. It's, it's true. So, and hopefully my accent was thick enough. So it is, uh, it is. It is. I don't know what mine sounds like anymore. Um, I don't think I sound particularly Aussie, but I don't know. <laughs> it, it's that's that's the other thing of expat life. Mine watered down so much when I was living out west, and uh, but yeah, I can really hear it as I go back and listen to these episodes now. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I sound very much like I'm back on the South Shore. <laughs> it's charming, though. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Christina. I hope you have a, a good rest of your day. I think it's near the end of the day oh, for definitely. you. Oh, so, definitely. Yes. Thank you. And uh, it was lovely talk to talk to you. Likewise. And can't wait to see you when you're home. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye, Chad.
First things first, uh, I can give the update that yes, Christina passed her citizenship uh, test. So uh, huge congrats to her on that. Uh, I'm sure it was stressful going into it, but I'm sure she absolutely killed it. Um, yeah, it's uh, I really enjoyed that conversation with Christina. And there was a lot I wanted to go into when I, when I was thinking about what to say here at the end, um, you know, the, in our communications back and forth, we talked a lot about homesickness, and you could really hear that uh, in in what she was saying, and also in the messages she sent to me. But honestly, the thing that struck me the most that has just stayed in my head the you know the whole time I've been getting this episode ready to go has just been how uh, how much she really wants her kids to experience her home province you can just hear it in in her voice how important it is for her to to be here in nova scotia with her kids so they can experience uh, the place that means so much to her and for me as as a parent i i really that really hits me um you know moving home a big part of that was was the birth of my daughter uh, and wanting her to to grow up here um while also experiencing all the the things that you know my wife and I got to experience living away, giving her that perspective of you were in Nova Scotia, but there's a bigger world out there too. But yeah, I mean, I just remember the first time I heard my daughter describe something as being some good, and it was just that single tear moment of pride. I'm like, there's my little Nova Scotian. Um, so yeah, I, I I really really hope uh, for. Christina's sake, but also for the, you know, for her kids that they can, can get home this year. It's, it's not cheap to get to Nova Scotia from Australia. So, you know, fingers crossed that they can make that work uh, and get here for a visit because that would be awesome. Uh, so last thought I'd have is, you know, like I said at the top is brand new theme song from, from Black Matilda. I'd love to hear your uh, opinions of it. Um, if you've been following along for a while, obviously that's a bit of a different sound than, than the song we'd been using. So find, uh, find me on social media, Global Blue Nosers on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Uh, give a follow and then send me a note to let me know uh, what your thoughts were of the new Farewell to Nova Scotia theme song. I loved it, but granted, I'm super biased in this one. So, uh, yeah, thanks for for listening to the episode. Um, huge thanks to Christina. It was really late when she did that, and she had two kids sleeping. So, um, yeah, I really appreciate that. So, thanks so much. I can't wait uh, to see Christina when she gets here. Global Blue Nosers is a Some Good Media and Entertainment production. It's hosted, edited, and produced by me, Sean Meister. Our theme song is Farewell to Nova Scotia, and the music you hear in the background right now is from I Must Sail Away. Both songs are by Lunenburg-based band Black Matilda. You can find the show on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, so give us a follow. If you enjoyed the show, uh, I'd really appreciate a five-star rating, and please also leave a review on whichever platform you listen to the show. If you're a global blue noser who loves this province, why not send me an email and join me as a guest in a future episode? All my details are in the show notes below. Thanks again to Christina for telling us her story, and I can't wait to hear the news that her next trip home is booked. Thanks to you for stopping by to listen this week, and I will see you again next week.